You know, if guns were so dangerous and gun owners were so dangerous, how come there's not mass murders at gun shows? That's exactly, you know, and it's they're inanimate objects, okay? Individuals perpetrate crimes, not objects. Well, we, you know that we have gotten away, unfortunately, in this country from individual responsibility. Mm-hmm. And this is just a symptom of that mindset that some piece of metal, you know, is, has a mind of its own, and because it exists, violence will occur. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the tragic thing, we, we talk a lot about school violence, um, and, and those are tragic events, but even those are not caused by, you know, some of the worst um, incidents of school violence in, in our history had nothing to do with guns. Um, you look, there was a guy in Bath, Michigan, had some homemade explosives. There was a guy in Cologne, Germany, that, that basically made a homemade flamethrower. They're horrible stories of what these individuals went into these schools and did, but they weren't armed with firearms. So even those incidents, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times what you see are, for whatever reason, misguided or, or just, um, I think sometimes it's more sinister than that. You see a lot of politicians utilize these situations. I just found out this week, I was looking at some, somebody had sent me some information. I was looking at some news releases. Uh, you know, the most recent one, that there was no AR-15 involved. It was out in a car in a parking lot. Um, but we immediately jumped on this idea of, we started talking about assault weapons. Um, I don't think the answer to dealing with violent criminals is to disarm the innocent, law-abiding citizens. You know, with Sheriff, I, I tell people that all the time. That's never the answer. You don't punish the honest, innocent, you know, innocent citizens out here uh, because somebody else did bad things. I saw a, a cartoon recently which really speaks to that. Uh, you see a, a dead body on the ground, and someone is standing over the dead body um, with, a, with a hammer. And someone comes up and says, you killed that man with a hammer. Why did you do that? That's wrong. And then in the next frame, you see a dead body hanging from a tree, and there's a rope around his neck. Someone comes up and says, you just killed that person by hanging him. Why did you do that evil thing? And then in the third frame, there's someone lying on the ground, and someone's standing there with a gun. And the guy, some guy runs up and says, you just shot that man to death with a gun. We really got to do something about guns. <laughs> and that's really the point of all this. And you know who perpetrates it? Mm-hmm. It is the media. Mm-hmm. The media is not giving the proper facts for consumption because they have an agenda. So I did want to ask you about a couple of myths that are circulating okay. around in the media. One myth is that you can buy an automatic weapon at any gun shop. <laughs> uh, not since about 1984, at least. Um, <laughs> No, you know, we use these terms, and again, words are supposed to have meaning. They're, they do have meaning. They're supposed to convey thought. We use this term automatic all the time, um, you know, as though there's these fully automatic AR-15s. There, there's no such thing. Now, I, I have an M16, which, by the way, is a defensive weapon, even though I've used it very aggressively in the past, uh, but as a law enforcement officer, but it's always been in defense of, of people. But, no, that's just that's simply a, another attempt to mislead well-meaning innocent people sitting out there because it's a battle for people's minds there's another myth that you can go to any gun show and without any kind of a background check buy any gun you want 
simply not true, and it's not it's not been true for quite a, quite a while. Um, in fact, in in this most recent uh, situation, I understand from a news release that that the individual that perpetrated that crime had actually been declined a purchase of a, of a rifle based on the laws that we have. There are laws, obviously, about who should have guns and who should not, and obviously convicted felons, you know, people who are not mentally stable, it's perfectly reasonable for them to be denied the right to have guns. The thing is, is that if you're a law-abiding citizen, you do have the constitutional right to own, possess, and use a firearm, especially in the defense of yourself and your family. I don't think there's much question about right. that. Right. I would agree. I'd go a step further, and a lot of times people look at me funny as a law enforcement officer, but frankly, if you can't trust an individual out in society with the rest of the individuals, then you have a different problem. The problem is not the gun. The problem might be that our system of, of um, dealing with these individuals, we, we talk about you know overcrowding of prisons. Um, well, Maybe we're dumping. Maybe we're overcrowding the popula- the population with people who have committed violent, heinous crimes. You know, used to in this country, you could be hanged by the neck until dead for things that that surprise us now. Horse thievery, um, but certainly these violent criminals were dealt with swiftly by the by the system, and uh, I don't think that's happening anymore. That we don't have teeth in the laws that we have. We have a lot of laws. Well, we have too many laws, and the more laws we have, I think the worse job we do about uh, enforcing them. But I think that we have a series, of, uh, a series of judges in this country who are not really being tough enough on people who are violent. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, the purpose of prison is to take violent people and remove them from society. I'm, I'm much more concerned about violent people walking among us than I am about other kinds of, of lawbreakers. I think if lawbreakers who break economic laws, if they were forced to make financial retribution instead of getting off scot-free, and then you take all the ones who are knifing people, you know, killing people, beating people, and put them away for a significant amount of time, the whole level of safety of society would increase. Remarkably. You, know, you take away the incentive. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's talk about another point. I mean, opponent, gun opponents say that the Second Amendment is only talking about muskets, front-loading front muskets, because that's what it was available when the Second Amendment was written. How do you see that? Well, when you – being a sheriff, and one of the things that, that I've tried to do is, is somewhat educate myself on the history of the office. You, know, you can read about it in the book of Daniel, you know, and on down, especially in the the, uh, the history of the the English uh, culture that we come out of, we've this is not you know again the Second Amendment was not a new argument. It was not a well, it wasn't a new right that appeared because we we formed a constitution. You know, English Bill of Rights and going back, you can go back a thousand years, and our governments have guaranteed us recognized that we had certain rights. One of those has always been Virginia's Declaration of Rights, other things. These ideas came out of older ideas. Okay, we were just recognizing, again, we weren't saying that, hey, we're going to, because we got muskets now, we're going to guarantee you a right to have one. No, we were saying you have a right to defend yourself. Uh, it doesn't apply to muskets. It applies to your basic 
God-given right to protect yourself with arms. And if you read the writings of our founding fathers, they had just thrown off the yoke of the British tyrant. Mm -hmm. They didn't beat the British who had muskets. They didn't use slingshots and sabers to do it. And so when Mason and Jefferson and, and those guys sat down and they wrote the Second Amendment, fresh in their minds was, our citizens need to have every single weapon that they need to prevent a tyranny from arising in this country ever, ever again. So there's no question if you read their writings, Mm -hmm. as well as the Second Amendment, it's clear that they intended for us to be on a par with whatever a tyrannical government could bring to bear to take power. That's very true. And, and, you know, that's, that's something they did talk a lot about. What keeps... And that's one of the things, one of the big concerns with when the Constitution first came out with, with some of the people that were against, you know, adopting the Constitution was, you know, they were afraid they were giving the central government too much authority over them. And um, without that Bill of Rights, you know, you're not able to recognize, you know, the Bill of Rights was very important to the Constitution in my mind because it spells out, hey, we realize that the central government's not all powerful. And that concludes part two of Dr. Dan's conversation with Towns County Sheriff Chris Clinton. Tune in next week for the conclusion. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The rights to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission. 
to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally, not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Well, this program, listeners, is for you. No matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part two of three on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum's very special conversation with Towns County Sheriff Chris Clinton. Another very important point is when you read the Tenth Amendment, it says that the that that those rights are reserved to the states and the people of the states. And there was recently, last spring, a Supreme Court decision, Bond versus U.S., in which <clears throat> it was affirmed that individual citizens have Tenth Amendment rights just like the states do. And I think that this is going to come into play mm-hmm. if we start to see uh, a usurpation of power by the federal government when it comes to the Second Amendment. So I think we probably ought to start talking just a little bit about the Second Amendment. Okay? Now, the Second Amendment does not say that uh, eating deer during, during November and December being important to a full stomach uh, etc. So we know, and I know that you know, Sheriff Clinton, that the Second Amendment has absolutely nothing to do with deer hunting. Nothing at all. <laughs> it has to do with your God-given right, essentially, to defend yourself. And you're the basic defender of freedom for this nation as an individual. We recognized that when we founded this country. Um, these colonists, our, our, our founders, you know, they pledged everything. Uh, to make this happen, and without them, they weren't relying on a government or a, or a government-funded anything to secure our freedom. They had to do that themselves as individuals, and um, the Second Amendment very much applies to that God-given right to us. You know, to me, the, the most practical application that I see as a sheriff is me as a dad and a husband being able to protect my family, but beyond that as a sheriff, me having the authority and the, the ability to protect the county that I serve, if my potential posse members don't have firearms, they're not going to be a whole lot of use to me if, if an emergency arises and I have to mount a posse. So I would say, Sheriff Clinton, from talking to you in the past and even right now, as far as, as, far as you're concerned, uh, the Second Amendment does apply to an individual person's right to keep and bear arms. It absolutely applies. And another interesting thing that I'd like to point out is it's not it's the, the way the Second Amendment's work. We're not saying the central government's giving you that right. We're recognizing that right exists. Well, all, all, of those, all of those rights, that is the way the Constitution is written. The, mm-hmm. the, the federal, <clears throat> all government, especially the central federal government, its job is to protect and secure those rights mm-hmm. to individuals and the states. 
They're I think it's what so, shall not be infringed. Shall means. not be infringed. And I've often said that the four most important words in the Second Amendment are shall not be infringed. And the most important part of the Second Amendment is the period at the end of those four words. Yes. Because it doesn't say shall not be infringed except on Tuesday. That's correct. It says shall not be infringed. It's an absolute period. statement. Absolutely right. So as a sheriff, what is your view? How, do, how does individual, how do the fact that individuals in your county possess weapons uh, does that affect you in any way as a sheriff? Sure. Um, here's the thing. And, and throughout my law, law enforcement career, and, and even as sheriff, the fact of the matter is there are, there are times I can point to in my experience that I'm here today talking to you uh, because I had a firearm, sometimes because I had a superior firearm. Uh, there are individuals that I've dealt with that, that would have caused me or someone else harm that are honestly here today because I had a firearm or a superior firearm or I was a little quicker and they decided this is not a good idea. Um, I've gone out in both situations uh, in my experience. I've unfortunately been to homes where there were home invasions where the bad guys were the ones with the arms or the bad guys were the ones with the drops on the good guys. And, and I use those terms, you know, bad guy, the, the wrongdoer versus the innocent person. Um, and I've been to homes where the homeowner, who was an innocent victim, had the firearm. And as, as the home invasion occurred, it didn't work out so well for the, the person that would have come in and done bad things. Walton County, Georgia, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a, a woman who, my understanding, literally went into the attic with her children to get away from an individual who actually followed them into the attic. Now, this individual didn't follow them. He was going to do bad things to those people. I am very thankful that that story played out, that she had a firearm, she understood how to use it, and she used it effectively, and she protected her and her, herself and her children. Because I, I, I hate to think what would have happened if she had not had that firearm. As a sheriff, I applaud the citizens who take an active role in, in keeping their family safe. Now, do we need to be responsible gun owners? Absolutely. You know, I have children in the home. Do I leave guns laying around where my 18-month-old can get it? No, certainly not. That would be you know, irresponsible of me as an adult. Am I glad that my wife is capable of defending herself if I'm not there? Absolutely. Do I want the citizens of Towns County to be able to defend themselves when they're on that 911 call and I'm trying to get there and I'll be coming as fast as I can get there? Do I want them to be able to defend themselves in the, in the time frame it's going to take me to get there? Absolutely. Well, you know, and this is not a, not a put-down of police. It's just a, a reality, is that when seconds count, mm -hmm. the police will be there in minutes. That's and that's really true, true because <clears throat> there's no way that you or your deputies can be everywhere in Towns County on a split-second basis. That in that time, in that lapsed time between when you arrive and when the, the victimizer is entering the home, that's when the victim, in order not to be a victim, mm -hmm. needs to be able to protect themselves. That's right. And I agree with you. As a, as a gun owner with, with, who, has, who knows what to do and a gun owner 
who is smart. They will not just leave the guns lying around. Mm -hmm. They will take proper steps to make sure people don't get them who shouldn't have them. Mm -hmm. But also education is part of it too. And if you you have a gun sitting next to you, you haven't fired it ever, (laughs) that ain't going to do you no good. That's correct. So a responsible gun owner practices, knows his weapon, keeps it safe from others, but has it in a place where in an emergency it's available for use. And that really makes your job easier. Absolutely. I have a, you know, I do a lot of uh, training for the public, uh, sometimes involved with uh, the Two Gun Club and, and Ed Jones and those guys, uh, and sometimes some other things that we do. But I have a lot of people ask me, you know, Sheriff, should I buy a firearm? Well, I always explain to them that's a question you have to answer for yourself. Um, number one, if you're if you're buying it for defense, are you going to be proficient with it? Are you are you going to understand how that system works? Are you going to understand how to be safe? Are you going to be deliberate enough to protect yourself? Because if not, you know you don't want to arm the perpetrator. You don't want to give them an arm. You know, so there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes. And and I've got to say. In my experience, gun owners, um, and I grew up around gun owners in North Georgia, they're some of the most responsible, particularly in that aspect of their lives. They're very responsible individuals. Don't go anywhere. We have more of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum right after the break. 